0: welcome back Woo! (laughs) i was having a time i was i thought i was ready but clearly i was not so um welcome back to sip with joy um this is a special episode today so i'm excited to have you guys back for another episode on this monday happy mlk day even if you don't like mlk um I didn't let people know I was live over on Instagram. Listen, it's the struggle is real, okay? I'm trying to I'm trying to get my act together over here, y'all. So come on in, come on in because we have a special episode today. And if this is your first time joining Sit with Joy, this is a show about a girl, her wine and her feelings. So, um, we're going to get into it. We're talking about Black men and mental health, y'all. And um that girl is me. I am your host, Joy M. Hutton. And today I am sipping on a bag, Alright. So um I'm trying to let the people know on IG that I'm 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 live now. So uh give me a second guys because I'm all disoriented because I was trying to open my bottle of wine and the cork wouldn't come out. So <laughs> yeah the struggle is real. so I'm trying to get this here get this get this here so I can let people to know because i I want as many people as possible to know about my special guest today that's coming on Dewan, Dr. do. so hold on, give me a second guys um, so I can let everybody know just come on in, come on in. Oh gosh, this is a mess, y'all. I'm really struggling, and I haven't even had any wine yet. That's the bad thing about it. I have not even had any. So, like I said, I'm drinking this mouth back here. Oops. Sorry about that. But, um, see, this is what happens when I'm flustered, guys. I can't think straight. So, um, letting everybody know I am here over on um, the YouTube. So um, we can bring our guests on and get into this conversation that I know you all so desperately want to hear. Because we're talking about, again, black men and mental health. Okay, I'm almost done here, guys. All right, there we go. Okay, now let me get back over here. Who's in the building so I can see y'all? I can't see my chat. Hey, Dion. Hey, Tiffany. Hey, Jess Lee. Hello, Quoto. I pr- hope I didn't jack your name up. Okay, we ready. We gonna bring this guest on, okay? Because I want to talk about this topic. So let's see, Dewan, you there?
1: Joy, what up?
0: Ah! Hey. Dewan, Dr. Dew Smith in the building, y'all. Man. Listen, this is my BFF, my male BFF, y'all. If you all have been following me for a while, you have seen DeWan and and you have seen our relationship over the years. And we have known each other for, is it 12 years? Almost 12 years.
1: Almost 12 years. Yeah, because
0: when I moved to Houston, uh, DeWan and I met each other at a happy hour. and Because people were like, oh, she's from Chicago, he's from Chicago, so you guys should meet. And um, I was like, okay. And as soon as we met, we instantly connected and have been inseparable ever since. Now, he did leave me and move back to Chicago, and I'm still upset about that.
1: <laughs> I, I, can, I can hear the tension in your
0: voice. I still feel some type of way about that, DeWaad. I'm like, he left me just high and dry.
1: <laughs> so, but look at us. We are still in community.
0: Yes, yes. And hopefully you guys can hear Dewan here hear, uh, hear Dewan okay? Drop drop a uh, one in the chat or just say hey Dr. Du, if you can hear him just fine. I want to make sure cuz we got some stuff we need to talk about. We got today. to talk about. Thanks. Yes, yes. Welcome,
1: Everyone looking forward to experiencing you all and I hope that you're open to receiving me today.
0: Absolutely. All right. So what you sipping on today, Dewan? Cuz you know I got I got my glass of wine here with it, right here. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Well, I know I could not come to sip with joy, but I'm <laughs> sipping on something. Yes. And, and you know, right now I'm currently in New Mexico.
0: Oh.
1: Praise self-love. Adventure, yes. And I'll talk more about that later. But I love it. I was able to come across this um, really great brewery in in Tals, New Mexico, and so I have a berry cider that I'll be drinking. And okay. Use the cup. I tried to get a glass cup, but the Marriott Spring Hill is completely eco-friendly, so, hey. so about <laughs> the environment.
0: Right. Well, you know, you want paper cups at hotels anyway Because they not. You know, I don't yeah. trust it. You
1: say I don't trust. <laughs>
0: Look, I did a staycation this past weekend for my birthday, and I brought my own wine glass. Okay, I was not playing this game
1: at this point i'm surprised you don't have your own specialty sip for joy traveler case you
0: you know what you
1: know what
0: <laughs> you might at be the, on something you might I be on take, something take
1: full credit for that my uh, my homie landis he literally shows up he likes wine he literally shows up to every event space with his personal case his glass yeah. and wine it's it's perfect
0: yeah, my mom said turn up your sound, but we tried to work that out earlier so y'all going to have to turn it up on you all then cuz I we don't we don't know how to fix that. <laughs> I'm going to try to fix it next time. It's but turn ter-
1: glitch in matrix. Yes, but turn turn
0: it up on you all then so you all can hear him um just fine. Okay, so um uh, so yeah, I told you guys how I met Dewan. You know, we just Brother and sister from another mother, and we have remained friends throughout the years, and our bond is like just, just like this, unbreakable. So since since, since I told my side of the story, let me let me hear your side of the story.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's not very far off. We we met at the happy hour, it was actually hosted by a frat brother Apollo. He invited me out. I think I had been in Houston a few months, mm-hmm. but I got there and. I was told that there was somebody else from Chicago and I was like, yes. And then we it was kind of magnetic because we just met in the center of the happy hour. And I think we stayed there for an hour, hour and a half just talking. Yeah, we shut it down. We shut it down. <laughs> and from there, I remember we went to dinner probably the following week just to get to know each other more. Mm-hmm. And as we both were like, well, we're new to Houston. We have to figure this out. And you were like, yo, we should do a happy hour Mm -hmm. Like Every week we'll choose another happy hour spot so we can learn the city. And that's how Triple H was born. Yes. And that was really our entire experience. I mean, there are plenty of shenanigans in between (laughs) that are not for public consumption. Right. (laughs) But good times are already hey, You're one of my favorite dancing buddies. I know if we go somewhere, there will always be dancing. Yes. in this um, in this more seasoned age I definitely regret it days yeah. afterwards but <laughs> it is worth it in the mo- in the moment because for me dancing is another one of those healthy outlets yeah you can just let go of a lot of the pent up energy that I typically hold in through the week so right. looking forward to talking more about that but yeah I have been a long time friend and I'm absolutely a fan, but when I say fan, I don't want people to get it twisted because right. I'm not a fan of what you do. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of the aesthetics. I'm mm-hmm. a fan of your soul, your mm. life, your creativity. Joyce That's Parker, real, right creative there. Creative people I know. We can be anywhere, and she's like, oh, we can do this. This it just comes, and it's like, whoa, yeah. you are a true <laughs> artiste, and I absolutely love it. So. I mean, I've I've rocked with you since the baby fro.
0: Oh yes, the teeny weeny fro. I mean,
1: I got picture evidence of the evolution. <laughs> it's real, there should be no questions about it. <laughs> right. But more specifically, like I I love seeing you come into your own despite Thank you. the roller coasters. Like recognizing <sighs> your voice. Yeah. Is so powerful, and I remember when this particular podcast was just in concept, mm-hmm. and now here we are. Manifestation and alignment at its best. Yes,
0: season three right here. Season three. What? <laughs> yes, and you're my first guest. And
1: I'm the first guest. <laughs> it's perfect.
0: It's yes. Perfect. What my mother said, blackmail pics. No, there are no blackmail pics, okay? We don't do that to each other.
1: <laughs> Not that kind of person.
0: We we don't document our uh experiences my like mom, that.
1: You have to live <laughs> of that stuff yeah that flow. that is
0: yeah that is not because we got some stories y'all we got some stories so talk about because you you're not at home where
1: are you yeah like i said i'm in new mexico yeah so it's it's kind of important to note i discovered in january of 2015 that traveling is a healthy outlet mm-hmm. especially yes. being in chicago i experienced seasonal depression that cold sometimes. yeah and so, not seeing the sun can really affect me. Mm-hmm. And so, from January 2015 until the pandemic, I chose I chose to go somewhere every mm-hmm. month. Like no matter what, there's yeah. a weekend blocked off for me to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I don't always plan where I go. Sometimes it's just where the sale is, right? For the, for the <laughs> but it it's, it was a really good commitment to keep. And I love that I've honored it. And since we're kind of in pandemic-ish, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother podcast, <laughs> right? So, right. You know, I, I've, I've definitely resumed it, and so, but I've also learned to take some time to just ground. Yeah. You know, the last the last um, three or four months, I made the decision not to travel because I really just wanted to spend some time to reflect inward. Mm-hmm. It was really important, just to really kind of like figure it out and prepare for um, this transition phase that I'm in. And right. what, I, what I mean by that is, I'm very clear about my purpose mm-hmm. in this life. You know, I, my spirit is a guide, a teacher, a mentor, and I am really being guided to start being more outward. I'm really a private person, so I don't always like to be on the forefront of things. I like to just kind of do what I need to do yeah. But, you know, I think now more than ever, it's important just to lend my voice and contribute my energy um, in such a positive way mm-hmm. to be able to um, help to shift just some of the chaos that we experience in this society.
0: Ooh, so, yes, because it's a lot.
1: It's a whole lot. So today <clears throat> I was on a hot air balloon. Was, I love it. It was something that was on my life list because I don't really call it a bucket list. Yeah. I don't want to tethered to the idea of death. Mm-hmm. I, really, I really just want to I embrace like the idea of living and flowing. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really cool. I mean, lots of driving through the mountains. I'm a photographer, so I got lots of great pictures. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to go back and just kind of edit those. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really exciting time
0: i love it yes so talk about how you know the the self-discovery just kind of just happened for you like you know we we kind of had some moments during the pandemic and you were like i'm 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 done you know, I'm tapped out, you know? So kind of talk about that and how you've gotten to where you are right now, because we're talking about this this idea of mental health and black men in particular, there's a, a set of challenges that are unique to black men, which we'll talk about, but just kind of talk about how this all just happened. Of course,
1: um, in the spring of 2020, I went on this journey um, with this program called Semester at Sea. That's when he Trying left to... me. Well, that was yep. the second time. That was the <laughs> second time I left. The second time I left. Yeah. And I decided to go, and I was in the middle of writing my dissertation, and so it just felt it felt like a good idea to be at sea. I had mm-hmm. no idea that, you know, there was an emerging pandemic coming, and so when I finally got back to the United States in March of 2020, we immediately were in shelter-in-place mode. Yeah. And so it was very difficult for me because there was an extended amount of time that we were on the ship and itinerary changes happened because of the impact of covid and that was the time that you know coming home and being in the house after being kind of in kind of on the ship for an extended amount of time like it really impacted uh, my mental health significantly I don't even think I was back a week before I resumed with my therapist um, at the time, and we started doing virtual sessions. But ultimately, I was still spiraling because I didn't have an opportunity to really process everything that had happened. And, you know, there was just one particular night where I just felt like everything just kind of fell apart, or I should say that was my rock bottom move. That it really hit me that I was not okay, Mm -hmm. and in that moment, as I was just kind of praying and reflecting and trying to figure out what was next, like I called you, Mm -hmm. and and I I just kind of laid it out. I think we had talked the week before that, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm okay."
0: And I was like, "No, mm -mm. No, you ain't okay, Negro."
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then that next when we talked, I kind of let out. Before we talked said I was okay but I'm actually not okay Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's something more that needs to happen and I think it was at that time um, that you um, introduced me to our now shared energy healer, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth, and that was really a really great journey to kind of explore um, a different perspective, a more holistic perspective from the lens of thinking about Reiki healing Right. that has been a really powerful shift Mm -hmm. for me um just the work that's happened there in conjunction with other outlets that i've created but that was really it but historically i have been in therapy since my freshman year of college right it started out because i was paying fees i discovered i was paying (laughs) fees for services so yeah you like um i I need to take
0: advantage of this
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of my mentality but it was really good to unpack things and i've really been an advocate of therapy and been in therapy since so i really consider myself a healing advocate at this point yeah um, i got my master's in clinical mental health counseling with the intention of moving into full-time uh mental health counseling but i actually did it for uh, a couple of months and mm-hmm. i got burned out.
0: Yeah, you were like, listen, these problems <laughs> out here.
1: Well, I think what I didn't realize in reflection, what I didn't realize was my identity as an impact. Yeah. You know, really being able to feel and experience people, I hadn't come into that awareness. And so it was never the actual, the things that happened in talk therapy mm. that really drained me. But right. It was it was me kind of energetically taking a piece of everybody um, that I was meeting with, and at that time I didn't really have a, a lot of outlets.
0: Yeah. Um, to
1: let it out, and so I ended up doing kind of a internal audit staycation mm-hmm. um, in Chicago, a weekend where I just unplugged, and I wanted to really think about where I wanted to shift my career, and it made sense. The college campus was such a transformative place. My own life, right? Healing that I was like, man, if I work in higher ed, I could be a facilitator of somebody else's transformation—a role and responsibility I really take very seriously mm-hmm. and care. And so, I moved into the student conduct crisis management space. Which, whew, and, Bless your heart.
0: <laughs> Listen. Which was
1: interesting because it's like you—it's like I was working to create. No chaos in my personal life, yeah. But I was managing chaos, and it was actually my therapist at the time noted to me, Did you notice how is it that the where why you were drawn to this is because it's still you managing chaos and being around mm. chaos, which is something that is still feeding you from a place of um, a people pleasing perspective? Oh. That was a mic drop moment.
0: Yeah. And
1: it was in that moment that I was like, what, you know, what next? And so right before the pandemic, I I was already in the PhD program, higher education administration. And I had already made the decision once I got into my second doctoral class that was taught by my dissertation chair, Queen Scholar, Dr. Mm -hmm. Pamela Hoff. And the way she mood flowed and just her way of being in that course reminded me of how much I loved the classroom setting and how powerful teachers professors really could be you know it reminded me and reconnected me to my time in undergrad yeah when I practically lived in the Center for Black Studies for the for the very same reasons I just really loved that flow and so you know right now I work in academic administration And I absolutely love that work. And eventually, I aspire to be a full-time college professor. Yes, Dr.
0: Dude.
1: (laughs) Either in higher education administration, men and masculinities, or the Black radical tradition, which is what I've ultimately been raised in since I've um, been in the college experience. So it's a process. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, What we need at one time is not always what we need. Um, in current times and so Mm -hmm. being present in when it's time to shift. It's no different than when you're doing physical workouts. And at some point if you're doing the same workouts, you know, your body gets pretty smart and it's not as effective. And so you still have to switch it up. I always feel like thinking about your healthy outlets Mm is very similar. You really need to be thinking about, you know, how do I begin to continue to keep it fresh? Mm -hmm. For myself and for my mental
0: health. Absolutely. Um, Just reading some of the comments. um, uh, Sharon said it's so important to ask that question. Are you okay? Hey, Lacey. Um, She said the pandemic really forced a lot of us to reexamine our mental health and affirm that we are not, in fact, okay. And I think a lot of people realize that. And as you talk about kind of how your path has been focused on the black community. Like, why is black mental health. And and I I said black men just because black men are often forgotten in this space. And so, you know, I focused this, this episode on black men, even though, you know, black men, black women, the black community, we're all struggling. But I focused this on black men because you are a black man. And also, I know you have paid special attention to this space and have been an advocate for black men and mental health in particular. So, like, why now? Why is this so important right now?
1: Absolutely. I think because life after the pandemic-ish.
0: I <laughs> right, because we're still in it. <laughs> you all you know died a couple of times.
1: <laughs> you know, I remember reading an article where everybody was talking about this concept of the great resignation. And I loved it. I think it was the Harvard Business Review mm-hmm. that kind of pivoted that and called it the Great Aspiration. Mm. And I really love that because what we really have is an opportunity to reimagine. What we often don't talk about is how in this society, in this society, a lot of our roles from uh, a racial identity a gender identity are socially constructed. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about the archetype of what it means to be a man, let alone a black man, it can be very limited, limited to being a provider. (coughs) And a protector Mm -hmm. And I think those are very important traits But we are multifaceted There are so many other aspects To us than just that And I think sometimes it gets very easy To be able to just Lean into those roles Without ever giving yourself Permission to go beyond that You know this is something I've always Really been Passionate about mainly because You know at growing up as a young black man, I always notice just the absence of thinking about mental health and conversations around mental health, um, conversations about emotional support. I always think about when Jay-Z made the song, Song Cry, and I thought that was a really great example of how it really works, because the assumption is, you know, most brothers may not be traditionally um emotional in the way that people see i know that because of my own life experiences the way i process emotion is very different you know you probably won't see me physically crying but there are other ways but i lead to emotional eating as a, that was the way that i cried and right. i didn't know how to recognize that that was one and the same i think often yeah. you know we're not really present enough to know enough about ourselves and our trigger triggers to recognize mm-hmm. that when we are bleeding
0: yeah. you know, other
1: aspects of our lives yeah, and I, sometimes the people around us can see it but sometimes they can't you know let's be real we live in a society that you know wants us to project you know an image that is not always accurate yes you, know, you ask somebody how they're doing and they're telling you great and you like you know, you're right. like,
0: no, I'm, I'm in shambles, but it's, it's like we're conditioned to ask that question, you know, and it's like, do you, you know, I tell people now, I'm like, do you want to know the truth or are you just asking me because, you know, it's just a formality, you know, because I Absolutely. can tell you how I really feel,
1: but and you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear, and you notice know sometimes when people ask the question, you can't even get your sentence out before they've already moved on to a whole Right. Sentence. And you're like, Wait, so you didn't want to know. How exactly. I exactly. I think I drilled down on this idea of black men and mental health in my dissertation study because I really was interested in looking at the lived experiences of senior level black men <clears throat> at historically white institutions. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the campuses, doing the interviews, shadowing them. And a lot of what I was looking for was around, you know, anti blackness and the ways that you know the black identity has actually been a positive asset to how they navigate those spaces right but there was a whole other set of questions that for the purpose of the dissertation I didn't have a chance to go deeply into where I asked them about their self-care mm. what are their outlets their stress levels and it was interesting because many of the participants did not have a self-care model right right were literally running on fumes under this idea of, you know, I'm helping others. And so I recognized after I finished the study that that was really the entryway for me to begin to experience, like, there's something here about why we can answer some of these other questions very firmly, very strongly, yeah. but when it talks about serve self, we don't. And I think there's a real misalignment, particularly for helping professionals that help others, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's sometimes an exploitation that comes. Oh, with yeah, the, for sure. With our, we want to help. And so it's like we continue, we continue, we continue. But the reality is we don't save anyone. Yeah. You know, The, the demonstration for us and how we role model um, the traits ourselves, mm-hmm. how we show up in our present, for other people but at the end of the day the time of martyrdom is over you know listen
0: here because the therapist needs a therapist
1: absolutely (laughs) you know and And that's okay and that's okay actually if i work with a therapist and they don't that's one of my interview questions Mm -hmm. they're not seeing a clinician they're not the therapist for me you know No shade to anybody that chooses to do the work, but not actually do that work in that way. Um, But at the end of the day, if this is something that you profess, um, then there's no reason why you're not actually utilizing that. Me working in higher ed, I don't just talk about the concept of working in higher ed, but it's something I actively live and work through and continue to grow and invest in. So... I just believe there is a necessity and an accountability factor that is so necessary when you do that kind of work that you're also, you know, finding outlets for yourself. And it doesn't even have to be that you're seeing a a, a therapist yourself. I don't really care what the mechanism is. Right. I need to hear some of your outlets for sure, Um, because for me, that just doesn't align for what I really. of a person in that situation so it's my passion and i'm here for it and i'm excited for the rest of the year to begin to see how this unfolds different Mm -hmm. ventures i'm definitely planning to launch a podcast sometime in 2023 which will be centered yes it will be centered on this very topic it's called soulful lessons oh i love that yeah and i'm doing it with um, one of my really close friends and brother in light and brother of alpha jarvis pernell and through that space we're really just gonna begin to utilize our voice and talk about our experiences and bring other guests on so that we can highlight and break down some of the complexities
0: so let's talk more about like the the, the emotional side of things because you know you talked about people having outlets and a lot of people feel like you know, I hear so many times, like, I'm the one in my family that has to take care of everybody. I have to be the strong one. I have to be, you know, the one that that holds everybody together. I'm the glue in the family. That's not healthy, you know? I mean, the reality is that usually there's one family member that does hold everything together, but it's not healthy. It's not healthy for people to lean on that one person. It's not healthy for that one person to take things on and you're pouring into everyone else, but you have nothing left for yourself. And you know, I've talked to people and they're like, oh, I'm okay, but you're not, because you're sitting up here telling me that you're drained. So you can't possibly be okay. So what yeah. What? What are your thoughts on that? Like just being that, you know, so-called faithful in the family or, or whatever?
1: Of course, I think first and foremost, we have to be very careful about the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell uh, others. Because often I always mm. think about is that the role, is that truly your role? Is that the role that you stepped into and have never relinquished? Um, you know, I think it's important to really kind of contextualize and think about how we actually come from that perspective. But we're also not taught to give to ourselves and then. Offer to everybody else. Mm -hmm. It is always, well, I have a gift, I have a talent, it needs to be projected outward. I have to externalize it, I have to give it away, and then there's nothing left for ourselves. You know, it's very cliche when they talk about um, the oxygen mass on the plane, but I like to like it in a whole other perspective. You Mm -hmm. know, I like to look at it from the perspective of, you know, offering people water. And if you're on fumes, what you're really providing people is dirty water. Mm. And though we know that dirty water won't necessarily kill you, but it ain't necessarily good for you either. And right. so what happens if we actually take a step back and make sure that we have our five filter system for the water that we actually provide that off to everybody else, right. so that now we're getting ours, and then where we have space and capacity we share with others mm-hmm. that's really what's important mm. but again that's not really the way that we're kind of taught and particularly when I think about you know mental, the intersection of blackness and mental health I also think you know for so long we have just had to survive mm. I mean, we are always on this thing called survival mode yeah. and so the conversation then comes about what does thriving look like, right? right. Like, I remember being in this, um, this four-week um, healing session with Alexandra L., Alex L., um, author of How We Heal, and the third prompt was you know, about joy. Mm. When do you experience joy? How often do you experience joy? I was stuck I was like, well, I have a friend named Joy. To <laughs> right. <laughs> the, is that what she's talking about? Right. I realized that happiness and joy experiences mm. were not at the top of my priority list. Wow. My priority list was about success. Was about you know really being able to move up so I could be different. As as a child of poverty, the idea of returning to poverty was so haunting for me yeah. that I, I really wanted to get focused. I remember mm. telling people happiness is not important. I'll achieve that once I reach wow. this success, whatever that is. And I cringe when I play those tapes back. Ooh. I had to go back and apologize to mentees I've had where I've said that nonsense <laughs> and just have to say, like, I was just, I was in the darkness. And
0: yeah. But Lexi not, Oh, Lexi was just saying we wear burnout As a badge of honor and it's not You know we do.
1: Yeah, and people, I've seen it People will literally say, oh, I've been out for three days I haven't had any
0: sleep And that's not cute
1: And now I'm gonna go and continue Pushing, pushing, pushing But that is dangerous It is Actually quite negligent And mm-hmm. we don't always like to think of it in that way So
0: burnout when, should not be yeah, and we're in this culture where we we get rewarded for for things and then we're moving on to the next thing. We don't even relish in the moment. It's just go, go, go. Yes. It's like, "Oh, great. That was great. I got accolades or I accomplished this, but what's next? What's next? What's next?" And we're just constantly just going and we don't sit in our accomplishments. We we're not we're not content in the moment. And it's like we're just in this insatiable society right now, and it is just so toxic <laughs> It's because we don't know where to stop.
1: Absolutely. But it's about <laughs> redefining what success really looks like for us mm-hmm. and understanding. I always think about the quote from Ava DuVernay that says, there's no traffic in your lane. Mm. You know, But we are often always looking to the side, ahead, behind, around. As, as if looking at other people and where they are is the barometer, but mm-hmm. that can't be the barometer because we were all made different yeah. and made on purpose, in purpose, hmm. by our Creator. And so to even be looking at these other places, uh, to, uh, to the side, to the left, and measuring that matters. But I also think it's about... You know I'll, from a social media perspective what are your feeds feeding you hmm. i think the pandemic really helped me to get very clear about you know it's already a lot going on i just can't take in toxicness
0: yeah and
1: i i mean i will remove block mute whoever i got you to have because to when i scroll i need to see light and courage mm-hmm. six you know people yeah celebrating and that's not to mean that we can't have low moments or that we can't be down. But it is about you know utilizing the space to vent as, as one step because everybody needs a place to vent. Mm-hmm. And that damn Facebook is always asking, "What's on your mind?" Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not, so. That's a dangerous question. Sometimes. Right, it's like
0: so. Do you really want to know? And people be putting it all yeah, out I there. Know what's right. right. But you're right. Like social media can really ruin your self-esteem like if you're comparing yourself to people and 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 you know yeah it can just be very toxic like I've had to remove certain people from my feed because I'm like this is not positive and I don't want to see it and sometimes it may be someone that you might have perceived as positive but it's making you question yourself so you got to remove that you know you have to you have to feed yourself what's going to serve you the best so um so yeah so you know when we talked you talked about happiness right and just what success looks like what happiness looks like and you know i want to talk about like the suicides just the suicide rates have just gone up and i'm like is it covid is it just like the pandemic ish as you call it like what in the hell is going on on and we're seeing a rise in uh suicide of black people in particular. So can you kind of speak speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, and I definitely wanna first start out with just acknowledging and giving honor to any soul um that has transitioned yeah you know from a death by suicide perspective because what we don't often talk about is that life is really hard. It is or it's beautiful as it really can be, there are challenges that come. But I always think about the perspective of the book No Mud, No Lotus, hmm. which really talked about like you know happiness and experiences that are various challenging, are one and the same. And so I think sometimes there is this idea that, I, I mean, that something is wrong if I come across a challenge or a setback or whatever right. the case may mm-hmm. be. And oftentimes, you know, the version of the life that we want to have is not necessarily the version of the life that, you know, we're really being guided to. And oftentimes we don't think about our plans as being one big draft, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think that was really difficult for me because I had spent my entire career really planning to be a vice president. Um, at a college or aspiring to be a president and then I got to that mid-level management piece and mm-hmm. realized like, whew, this is I'm good for this, but this yeah. isn't good for me mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can sustain this and right. it was very difficult to make the pivot. It was very difficult to go back and say, well, who told me that this was the version of success that I was supposed to have? Mm -hmm. And the minute that I really let go of that and really left the door open to be led and for um, God to really provide and and show where I can be most useful, Mm -hmm. it's been a game changer. So I have no aspirations to be at those levels of the college and university because I recognize for who I am and how I am designed, that's not where I actually can make the most impact. Right. And so really getting clear about that was critical. And I invite anybody who's listening to this that is coming up against this energy of stagnation or feeling like something isn't quite misaligned, you know, the body keeps score. You know, your your intuition is telling you that something needs to shift. And ultimately, be open to the possibilities of being able to just allow a pivot, even if it, it doesn't have to be a drastic pivot. It can literally just be one, one like a sidestep, and that shift alone can be huge in terms of really being able to change things. So, from from the perspective of thinking about, you know, I don't. It's very difficult because everybody you know, everybody in their circumstances are different in in terms of, you know, the decision that's made around, you know, extinguishing their their physical life force. But I think ultimately, when I I see these situations, I'm always thinking about, you know, what can I learn from this scenario, from what I know? I try not to get too caught up in the particulars, because at the end of the day, we'll never really know. But I think what we, what, we, what we do know is, how do we show up for ourselves, and how do we show up for others? Particularly when people are in our inner circles. know, yeah. oftentimes, if we're not careful, we're in these spaces, we're having these, a lot of conversations, but we're not really talking about anything. And that's one of the things I love. Talking but me. saying nothing talking but saying nothing <laughs> one of the things I loved about uh, The Best Man, the final chapters without giving any spoilers I thought it did an excellent job of really showing up showing from the lens of a black man how, what showing up actually looks like Right. and it doesn't always have to be a conversation you don't necessarily always have to lay it all out um, but you still need the space and you need people to rally around you Um, When you need grace, we need support, we need upliftment, and when you need accountability.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love, love, love that accountability. So, okay, we have some questions for you. And if anybody else has questions in the chat, feel free um, to drop those for Dr. Dew. So, the first question is Ooh, what does it really mean to be strong?
1: I think, I, I personally believe um, to be strong is to embrace the full spectrum of your emotions and ways of being. There is strength in vulnerability. Right. There is strength in intimacy. There, and, and when I say intimacy, I mean a close connection with another, right? Mm-hmm. There, I think, strength is being able to acknowledge and be a full awareness that I don't have it all Mm-hmm. I'm not okay, and that now in recognizing that I'm not okay, how am I thinking about what do I need to actually move or shift to a different place? Right. It's the, to me the beauty of strength is in the exercise of our leading in authenticity. You know, being truthful in our voice about what we're experiencing, and not really worrying about the backlash of what other people think. That because part. the reality of the situation is, we're not for everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I know I'm not for everybody. And neither
0: it's am I. I, oh, <laughs> I think that's why
1: we get along. So right. I'll be like, um, you know. mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't. I don't mean that from a place of egotism or judgment. Yeah, absolutely. It's just at the end of the day, you know, I recognize that I can be a very intense energy. I'm yeah. always on that. But I want to <laughs> know how you're doing yeah you're not really ready to talk about that you probably like this dude. right
0: exactly
1: but it's so necessary and so i recognize that everybody isn't ready able willing or capable in some moments and just but i know that's my entire vibe yeah i feel like that's why i'm on this earth um, to really help um, to bring forth what needs to be healed not Mm -hmm. what seeks to be healed Absolutely. And I just recently came into I love that. the full awareness of that language, mm-hmm. you know, within mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. And that could be very difficult. Yeah. But for those, so now I really focus on those who are open and ready to receive and work with people where they are. Yeah. And the beauty of being a healing advocate is for me, it's hearing people and then my understanding of the mental health. The mental health field being able to help them with that what I like <clears throat> to call that therapy 102 you know mm. how do you find a clinician that is in alignment with what you're yes
0: that's so important
1: how do you I often it's interesting because I talk to most people and they're always like well I'm not happy with the therapy experience and I'm like well what's happening have you voiced mm-hmm. your concern have you expressed it listen. You know, if you're not happy expressing, that space can be shifted how it needs to be. I know my, my previous therapist used to laugh because he, we would come in and he would be trying to do pleasantries. Nah,
0: bro. <laughs> and like, no, let's get right to we, it.
1: <laughs> we, we, gets, we can say that on the back end. I, right. I got to talk about that needs to be processed. Mm-hmm. ain't got no time to be talking about the
0: weather. Exactly. Okay. Like, I got, I got things, things I need to get yeah. off my chest.
1: Yeah, but that's our, yeah. that is our space. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. especially when you're used to sheltering your voice in general or mm-hmm. holding back, you go into those spaces and you're waiting for the therapist who is a facilitator of this process. This is not their process. It's your process. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes it's really important for us to take ownership in that space and to ask for what you need. Right. You know, I, to, I, I came in very clear. I need homework that's at the every session that's connected to what we'll talk about next week because that is how I stay connected and continue to work. And so it, it is a collaborative space, but it's mostly your space. And we got to be able to actually utilize that. Absolutely. And therapy is just one outlet. I mm-hmm. mean, whether it is working out, whether it is traveling, whether it is taking a walk, yeah. whether gotta it is... Gotta have something. Room, you gotta have something. Yeah. And oftentimes, if, if people ask you, you know, can you state the three to five things that give you joy, mm-hmm. that really uplift you, that really help you to kind of get some energy or aggression off? Because that's really, that's really a part of what it is. A right. lot of us are carrying a lot of energy and baggage from various places spaces and situations oftentimes because we experience broken people in broken systems (laughs) you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. and so we don't always think about like i've had this exchange it's made me angry what am i going to do to kind of work some of this off yeah to kind of get just get it out so that i can just have a healthy reset for myself
0: Right. So that segues into the next question, and you have one more after that. And my mom also says, so many unauthentic people out there. Ashley Stone said, Dr. Do is a Leo, hashtag intense. I um, you know it. Yes, and then we also have another question in the chat that I'll come back to. So the other question is, how does depression affect the black community?
1: Well, the main way that I think it affects the black community silence Mm. you know the fact that we don't talk about it the fact that we when we do experience it is often in a spectrum right we're Mm -hmm. also looking at the extreme version of what untreated mental health or untreated Mm. depression looks like yeah but we don't really talk about high people who are high functioning and they're depressed Mm. that means you still go through your day still able to get your work done you're still able to navigate spaces you're still able to be social right but it means but it also means that like you ebb and flow yeah Um, and that is i mean that was the one thing that was interesting to me whenever people were talking about dj twitch it was uh, it was like oh but he was dancing you know i just he was so happy on the screen Mm -hmm. and you know instantly i was like how often do you go out and put on a smile when you don't feel like smiling? Right. It's no different in that capacity and sometimes that is a part of that survival aesthetic that we push through, that we have grit, that we are persistent, <laughs> resistant but we don't often talk about the shadow of those. The reality that sometimes it's not about me having grit. I shouldn't dealing with these effed up experiences. Exactly. I should not be in these circumstances, and we never really talk about it from those lenses. Right. So I think, really, it's about being able to do the work for ourselves to have the training. Even, And I think there's so much education that we can provide base level so that we can recognize some of the signs and to listen. Because I used to always, I remember be in places, I can be anywhere, and strangers would come and tell me their life story. Right. It, it used well, to you have that by.
0: personality, too. You just.
1: <laughs> it used to really bother me. Like, yeah. Why did you pick me out the <laughs> Right. It, yeah. Until I really realized how much courage it took for someone, even yeah. if they saw out a stranger to say something. Mm-hmm. And so I recognize the the stewardship and the safeness yeah. of those moments um, and how I could truly be a conduit in being able to help get them, talk them through where they needed to go mm-hmm. next. And that I would much rather them be able to express that to somebody like me um, than to not express it at all. Right. And I think if a lot of us really prepared and primed ourselves to a place where our boundaries and capacity exist mm-hmm. uh, to really be able to allow ourselves to be open to the possibility and to not hear what people are saying but hear what they're not saying
0: mm, because that oftentimes
1: part. it's there yeah. I always kind of like in life to playing back the tapes as if we're in a mm. reality show or something Yeah. but when you go back and look at experiences and conversations once you learn new information or different information, mm-hmm. you like, huh, He did tell me that right She was saying that. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's so important not to feel the heaviness of if you miss those moments mm-hmm. that you're feeling guilt or shame and yeah. being you know, hard on yourself. Because I'm glad you said there. that. yeah, at the end of the day, we can only do and show up how we can do and show up. And it's not always our calling or our moment to be able to be the person to help that individual person but where we can be supportive is coming to the true acceptance of I can't help everyone and everybody is not designed for me to actually be able to help everyone can't help me you know Mm. just because um, just because I'm someone else's 911 call doesn't mean they're mine. oh that part. Ooh,
0: yeah. I just yeah. so, hearing all these gems drop. I'm just saying. So
1: we we really have to get clear about who are mm. those people? Where are those spaces?
0: Just because be you faces. said just because I'm somebody else's nine one one call. Say that
1: again. Just because the, I, I'm someone else's nine one one call doesn't mean that they are my nine one one.
0: Yes.
1: Call. And, and but at the end of the day. The importance so is to have a village and mm-hmm. I think that's where it's so important for people to release the idea of ego, this idea of like why did this person come to me mm-hmm.
0: what's most important
1: is as long as that person went to someone yes. like that's what matters and mm-hmm. then figuring out how you can support from there and not getting so caught up on the but I'm a safe space. I can't help
0: you. And it's like, see I that can't. attitude right there is why you're not a safe space.
1: <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I could have talked to you about this. Right. But, and you just weren't the person that I needed yeah. to express that to And we, everybody is uniquely different. Yes. And, you know, I like it to when I learned about mentorship. Yeah. You know, my, my early mentors were probably looking at me like, this dude need to get a life. Mm-hmm. I'm like yo you're gonna be my financial coach my life coach you gonna help me with this and, and it's,
0: it's like, like uh um, time I'm out man, I can't be all that
1: I can't do all of that but really embracing a, a much more of a village or a collective yeah. approach which I think takes us back to the root of, of just how we existed on the continent mm. from a from a communal perspective yes um, but still recognizing that we have to nourish the individual in the collective and mm not just become the collective or fall behind or hide behind the collective but really being able to again that idea of nurturing ourselves so we can nurture others
0: absolutely oh man oh this is so good i hope y'all taking notes okay um, all right, so the next question is, what is the most common, and you've touched on this a little bit, well, a lot, but you may have additional perspective, but what is the most common mental health problem that you see in black men?
1: Oh, I mean, again, I have to go back to this idea of silence. Mm-hmm. This idea that I cannot show emotion. Yeah. In a way that it, that people traditionally express it, that if I don't cry, then I'm necessarily good. You yeah. may be good. Crying may not be your thing, but mm-hmm. what are some of your other triggers? I always think about when you think about the idea of understanding your anger mm-hmm. and how to refine your triggers. So what I mean by that is when you recognize like, oh, this is about to go from zero to 100. I always think about, you know, cause I would hold a lot in. I remember <clears throat> I would restrict myself if the scale was from one to ten, I would always leave my anger at a five. Yeah. Like, it ain't going to be pretty if I go beyond that. Mm-hmm. But what I also <laughs> failing to understand was, you know, my tails. So if I'm around and I'm laughing hysterically, right, Yeah. you know, I am about to explode. Right. Like <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> no, You're about to I, go on the deep end. This is not a jokey <laughs> joke laugh. Right, if right. Five. Uh, two, one melee, right? right? So it is about recognizing even just that, even yeah. Like when we wake up and we feel like something's off, dig deeper,
0: yeah. Explore that.
1: But I, I think sometimes it is about again the bravado of again, I think how masculinity gets peace mm-hmm. in society that said it's not okay um, to be in breakdown mode. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. And and it's true. And I think we as women too have to evaluate how we deal with black men in that emotional space. Like, oh, we're quick to call someone sensitive or you know, he all these emotions and he he's not strong, he's weak, he a weak, you know, bleep bleep bleep. You know, so it's like we I think we as society have to handle black men with care too. It's a fine line, right? Because you want, like we said earlier, you want a man to be your protector. We both—you can't be protecting me if you over here, you know, you know, boo hoo, and we both boo hoo. And but that's a perception thing, right? But we have to allow men the space to feel because if they're bottling it up, and then it comes out as, you know, all of a sudden zero to one hundred. Then what do we do? You know, I had a conversation with a man, and he said. I feel like, he was like, I feel like, you know, I can't be, you know, emotional or what's perceived as weak because if a woman sees any signs of weakness, then they quick to run. And I'm like, man, where have all these, like you said earlier, these social constructs been formed? how did this happen you know like where did all this stuff come from but then I think back to slavery and that's a whole other conversation that's part you know, two that's whole, listen that's part the, two. right that's, that's part, part two, two. <laughs> <laughs> right slavery, the that's, the today, right real. that's a part two but um so yeah um so what is she, she said seemed like everyone off ready to love our relationship professionals now. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure this ish out. So, yeah,
1: um but you know, there's there's something about this idea of like I've gone through this experience and yeah. so now I'm an expert in the experience. Right. But what we often don't you know, mm-hmm. the pivotal the shift is that i'm an expert in my experience exactly i
0: right because i do not claim to be a relationship expert i just know how i feel about things and the things that i want to talk about so um shay ambitious yeah and, <laughs>
1: um, and i was gonna say if we're also being very honest there's a real um, commodification of mental health right now right oh there's a real there's a real there, there is like money to you know this idea of healing really, mm-hmm therapy like you know it's, it's so, so funny I feel like we also live in an age where I hear more people like yeah therapy and then you like oh tell me more about it and I'm like oh right
0: man. they ain't in there talking about nothing it's just I'm a status like, right. symbol it's a status symbol and I'm like no cause you know you have this idea therapy is dope therapy is sexy yeah but are you in there telling the therapist what they really what they really need to know or are you Absolutely. telling them what you think they want to hear cause then you're not getting help
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like, come on now. So I, I, yeah, I think about it from my <laughs> perspective. Like, I really have historically dealt with this people pleasing thing. I mm. want everybody else to be good at the expense of my own voice. Yeah. And so, what was hard for me in therapy was I still felt like I needed to be, you know, performative yeah. to mm. a certain extent. And so, it wasn't that I was trying to be inauthentic, it's just all I knew was. This idea of perfectionism.
0: Exactly.
1: And showing what's happening. So I also think on the flip side, you know, great grace is continue must be continued to be extended because mm-hmm. it's a process. Absolutely. And it it doesn't happen overnight and it takes us all very different places to not just arrive at the aha moment, mm-hmm. not to finally receive the messages that are continuing to come at a at a, at a continuous loop. In TV videos you know anything we see we often are seeing the things that we need yeah we because we may not be ready and sometimes we may be numb and desensitized to the point that it's like music playing but you don't hear anything playing
0: Mm mm-hmm exactly So we have another question from Max here. How do you deal with someone who doesn't want to seek therapy? Like they have all this emotion bottled up and don't know how to express themselves.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I think sometimes the greatest gift we can give people in those places is sometimes our physical exit, sometimes our emotional exit. I'm praying for you. I love you. I encourage you to pursue this path. And when you do, I'm happy to meet you where you are. But there comes a point for ourselves that we have to draw the line and determine where our boundary is. Because what oftentimes happens is we, in an attempt to try to move somebody to a place they're not ready to be moved, we exert a lot of energy, a lot of time, we breed resentment, and then we get burned out. And then, now we're at a place where we're thrown off balance and then you turn around and it's this, this person then <laughs> they got their whole life together. <laughs> <laughs> right. And hey, hey, you looking around like, wait a minute, I was trying to help you. Right. Now the we, we have to release the idea there is no superhero. You know, the way that we can help people in those scenario situations, is by the demonstration of our own path. How we walk, how we talk, how mm-hmm. we eat. Our conversations, how we demonstrate the work that we're doing on ourselves, yeah. in having some of these healthy outlets. You know, even if people don't say anything to you, they see it. Yeah. They acknowledge it, and they may not actually physically acknowledge it, but that doesn't mean that they're not observing the path. And to me, it's often about planting the seed. Right. So oftentimes, we want to plant the seed, see the tree see the other trees <laughs> come the Right. but that ain't our business so <laughs> right. sometimes it is just being able to plant the seed and once it exists in the unconscious <clears throat> mind it's there
0: mm-hmm. and at
1: the proper in its divine time when it needs to do what it needs to do mm-hmm. it will or yeah. it won't but guess what that ain't our business that no, that business. ain't our business. <laughs> that needs to be on
0: t-shirt. That ain't my business. That ain't, that ain't my business. You know? Yeah. Uh, Lexi said, uh, "What did she? I, I saw something from." Or Alexis said, many people go to therapy but aren't actually doing the work exactly. And Lexi said, just wasting their copay.
1: <laughs> right. Just wasting their copay. Right.
0: And my mom said, until you're ready to be honest with, their, uh, with your therapist, it's a waste of time. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, people just need to be real out here. Um, but
1: it's, it's not easy. It's, it's not. not. Difficult. It takes you some work. You're not being real with yourself, yeah. Right? Like, there are some people who. Aren't aware until yeah, you have that moment you're like, ah, right, I'm the fraud, <laughs> I'm the villain. <laughs> that's the fraud, you know what I mean? But, but again, when we are not who we say, when there's a misalignment between what we say and what we do, mm-hmm. that, that that disconnect does put us yeah. in a place where we're not necessarily showing up, yeah, in the way that we project, and mm-hmm. that can be a really hard truth or reality to swallow, especially. When we do not allow ourselves to release the ego, release the will, release yeah. our ears, mm-hmm. um, really ask, you know, for the Creator to teach us, mm-hmm. to guide us, and to know that, you know, when these lessons, when these moments come, they're not to persecute you, yeah. or not be punished. It is for your learning. It mm-hmm. is for your growth. It is for your evolution. And so sometimes it's about shifting the consciousness in such a way that you recognize that this is involving me, but this isn't about me. That and takes I have to a take lot. A step back. It takes a lot. That That's takes what I'm a lot. Saying. Yeah. It's not easy work. I don't, even, I don't yeah. want to get on here and make it seem like right. this is, I mean, I've, I've been deeply entrenched in this healing journey for a long time. And I still wake up some days like, yo, I just got hit. Right. But, <laughs> I just got you know, like, hit. <laughs> Right. Sometimes I just walk off Yeah. I'm like I'm
0: not dealing with this right now Yeah and you have to be honest With yourself you have to be honest About yourself and then along the way Set boundaries that you know aren't aren't Serving the, the greater Good you know um, Well I know we are like Over time I knew this was Going to go over our 30 minutes because it's just So much it's so good so
1: much. It's so
0: good it. This is so good and I Appreciate you
1: Yeah. been <clears> and <throat> platforms like this, mm. utilizing your voice, your agency, what you're good at to contribute in some way. Yeah. Because what we know is there are a lot of people who may not watch this, but it lives mm. in the universe. It literally lives on YouTube. Right, it's right, <laughs> right. It's, it's out here. <laughs> it's and out so here on the we, podcast networks. Yeah. And that's that part that's not our business. Yeah. We, we show up, we have the conversation, we contribute. And allow it to do its thing. Somebody's mm-hmm. gonna find this one year, two year, three years, five years, mm-hmm. and it is going to be an aha moment for them. Yes. And all we have to know is trust that when you give and you serve, your light when you offer from a pure and, and intentional perspective, mm-hmm. it'll be well. Yeah. It just ain't your business to yeah. know.
0: That ain't my business. That okay. I need you to get that on the shirt, okay? And I want y'all to show some love to Dr. Du in the chat. And um, I wish we could take more questions. We didn't even get to take calls today because we, we just, I mean, it's been so much. But um, there were some good questions in the chat, some good comments. I appreciate you. And uh, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with?
1: I thank you so much for being present. I thank you so much for coming to this space. There was something that drew you here, whether it was me being here, whether it was joy, whether you don't know anything else about us, but you saw this, that's really important. And if you recognize that there's somebody that can benefit from this, please pass it along. And that is really the most important thing. Please take care of yourself, take care of yourself. Give yourself your light, bathe in your own light, before you shower somebody else with your shine, that's it. Oh, oh.
0: I put the intro on too soon. <laughs> I'm in the outro. They were like, "Wait, it's over." Yeah. Um, I've been pressing buttons all night, y'all. So anyway, I thank you all for being here. I thank you as Especially, Dewan for being here and sharing this space with you. You're getting love in the chat, you know. They said this was an excellent discussion this evening. And I want to definitely, and this is why I'm like, okay, I'm going to start incorporating guests. And if anybody knows me, like, um, well, not knows me, but has been watching Zip with Joy, you know this is not a show about ready to love. <laughs> this is me sharing my life's perspectives about things I, uh-oh, I think we lost you. Sharing my life's perspectives about things that I've been through. I think we lost Dewan. I don't know where Dewan went, but I'm going to switch to the screen. But sharing my life perspective about things that I have been through. So this is super, super important for me to use my platform for good. And let me see if Dewan's back. No, he's not back. I don't know what happened to him. Okay. Well, on that note, um, I'm going to go ahead and in um, this since my guest disappeared. Maybe his computer died or something. But thank you all for joining me. I'll be back here next Monday. So make sure you like, subscribe, and I hope to see you back here next week. Love y'all.